Hello, everybody. My name is Andy Fernandez. And my name is Michael Fernandez. And welcome back to another episode of What Makes It Great. Today, we're talking about Giant from 1956, directed by George Stevens and ranked number 82 on the American Film Institute's list. Does it fall off or does it change at all? Not ranked on the 10th anniversary update. Okay. So, Completely yes, gone. <laughs> um, Had you seen this one before? Nope. What about you? I had not. Uh, this one's a long one. It's like three hours and 20 minutes or something. Oh, it's so long. And it took me a couple of tries. It took me two nights. <laughs> <laughs> this one was rough for me. Yeah, I had to rent it uh, just on Amazon. Yeah. I was about to rent it on YouTube, but no, I didn't. Um, watched the first half like watched it like at exactly half like to the minute <laughs> i was like I, I can't take it anymore i gotta i gotta go yeah. and then the next day i came home from work and watched it immediately and was like all right i'll just get through it and the second half was different yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was the but i felt like i was able to follow the second half a lot more um, i don't think i would have been able to get through it in one city <laughs> so this is our second and final james dean movie and mm-hmm. not a fan yeah, no. <laughs> the, the movies at least. Yeah. He's okay. I mean, he's a little over the top too, though. Definitely over the top. Yes. Um, it's like, it's not subtle. It's just like mopey. Uh huh. <laughs> just always mopey. Yep. Always, always mopey. Um. So yeah, first time watching it, it was kind of rough. It's. I, we'll get to talking about it, but to me, it felt like. Where it was at its best were, like, some of the subplots and, like, the grandiose epic stuff that it was trying to do. Gone with the Wind did a million times better. Yep. Yeah, it had a lot of Gone with the Wind vibes. Maybe just, like, the length of the movie, but... (laughs) No, it was... Yeah, it seemed like uh, the next phase of Gone with the Wind kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but set in Texas. Yeah. Um, Well, so we've talked about George Stevens, the director, before we've talked about... Uh, he did what swing time he did swing time i think he he also did um oh man he did another one i think he's done two this is like his third movie that we've talked about i think okay um so i want to talk about uh we've talked about elizabeth taylor Mm -hmm. and james dean like i said so rock hudson was the other big name yeah these are three big names i Mm -hmm. feel the name rock (laughs) rock hudson uh he is a big big name uh i just have a little bit on him because there's one big thing that is really famous about him what's that that he's gay um but it was kind of an open secret so he was a famous hollywood heartthrob and later revealed to be gay and it was kind of like yeah an open hollywood secret with many of his co-stars claiming to have known Mm. um there was a story of his agent prevented him from being outed by the press. Like people were blackmailing and stuff. And at one point, Rock Hudson had a short marriage to his agent's secretary, his female secretary for mm-hmm. a few years. And some say this was to kind of keep his sexuality a secret, that it was him and his agent kind of like marry her, you know, like gotcha. protect, protect your uh, self kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, That's he, sad. Yeah. And uh, Giant is earns him his only nomination for an Oscar. Wow. So he never wins one. He gets one nomination for this role. I thought he was good. I thought he was pretty authentic. He's um, good. He's good looking. He's super tall. Super tall. Yeah, very good looking guy. It's a very good looking cast mm-hmm. with James Dean, Elizabeth Taylor, and The Rock Hudson. Right. Um, 
but very very troubled it sounds mm-hmm. well we know that james dean and elizabeth taylor are very troubled <laughs> right well of course and throw rock hudson's life in there too mm-hmm. he directed okay he directed movies? no 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 I'm, I'm looking up sorry i looked up george stevens okay so he directed um swing time he also directed a place in the sun that's the other one and i feel like montgomery clift and uh well it's because the training the acting coach or whatever him and james dean are pretty similar yeah <laughs> and that had elizabeth taylor right uh it did mm-hmm. and then he also directed shane oh wow he's done a lot in this two in this decade wow yeah he directs Shane and Giant back to back. And then he goes on to do some other stuff. But this, um, he actually only does, let's see, one, two, looks like three other movies mm. after this. So he's actually near the end of his career. He dies, in, but he doesn't die until 1975 at the age of 70. Interesting. Well, Swing Time was in the 20s, wasn't it? In the 30s. It was in the 30s. Yeah. Um, sorry, back to Rock Hudson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, he was one of also the first celebrities to be diagnosed with and die from AIDS in the 1980s. Oh, wow. He dies from AIDS in 1986 wow. at the age of 59. I feel like I watched something for this movie that said, like, Elizabeth Taylor was really big in, like, uh, raising money for AIDS uh, treatment and AIDS oh, awareness. Data. I and think stuff she was like a big humanitarian 80s. and stuff. And maybe it was because of her relationship with Rock Hudson. Yeah, maybe. That's pretty know. cool. Yeah, that's really all I got. And then James Dean, like, pretty pretty bisexual we talked about that in rebel yeah. with a cause or without a cause mm-hmm. he had no cause in that movie he had he was without one <laughs> um but uh the only other thing is this movie we're in austin texas this movie was filmed largely in marfa texas yeah i was gonna say it looked like some southwest texas kind of stuff <laughs> yeah um but you want to start talking about the movie sure okay so this movie's a long movie so we have lots of like plot and things to get through. Uh, I'll try and do my best to throw stuff in there. But I have something right off the beginning, right when the movie starts. Go, go ahead. It's my one note. Go ahead. <laughs> the intro music, and then it's like a theme because uh, it's a long movie, so it's kind of mm-hmm. got like a score. You know, mm-hmm. like a yeah, um, it does have a score. <laughs> yeah, uh, the intro music sounded an awful lot like puff the magic dragon at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to recall the intro music it was like <laughs> so close <laughs> but then it also turns into and the song the music of this was pretty interesting for me and i had a lot of thoughts about this movie actually being a texan mm, yeah. um and you know it turns into like the eyes of texas is like a big theme that's played yeah. in the and the yellow rose of and texas. the yellow rose of texas yeah. And yeah. Puff the Magic Dragon, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know that song was just about a mag- boy and his imaginary dragon, right? <laughs> right, Greg? <laughs> like, no, it was about marijuana. Meet the parents. Where, Where did it? you get that from? <laughs> Puffing the Magic Dragon. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Giant begins with some giant credits, very similar to Gone with the Wind, over a shot of land with cattle and a lake, and it's in color and... So my first thought was Puff the Magic Dragon. My second thought was, yeah, this is Texas. Mm. Um, the Searchers, definitely not Texas. Mm. This is Texas. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, except actually in the be- Oh, no, wait. At the beginning, there is shots of Texas. And then we see a train traveling through the countryside. And there's a man in a cowboy hat. That's Jordan Benedict. So they call him Bick sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's Rock Hudson's character. Mm-hmm. 
He's on board the train looking out the window at some men that are like hunting on horseback with dogs. You know, like they're like fox chasing. Yeah, I guess so. And he gets off at the station. His suitcase has a like uh, an embroidered R on it. And uh, the camera kind of zooms in and focuses on it. And we'll later learn that that is the logo to his ranch, Riata, mm-hmm. which is modeled after the King Ranch That's here what in I Texas. thought. It had to be the King Ranch. Yeah. It's like, I don't know any giant, giant West Texas ranches, and I didn't know where I was shot. But I was like, it's probably like the South Texas King Ranch in King, Texas. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's, they later say that it's 595,000 acres, Riata. Yeah. Kind of the King Ranch is something like 800 and something thousand acres. Oh, my God. And it's insane. Uh, he gets picked up by a man in a car, and he drives him down a road as the hunters kind of pass by. And the man driving points out a stallion named Warwinds that one of the people is, and that's his daughter, Leslie, is riding on Warwinds. And that is Elizabeth Taylor. Mm-hmm. And the man remarks about how beautiful that, uh, the man being, sorry, Bick, Jordan Bick Benedict. He's like, that's a beautiful animal. It really is. And he's really looking at Leslie instead of the stallion. Yeah. But that's how they meet. It's a meet cute. Is that what they call those? (laughs) (laughs) Um, At dinner, we learn that Bick Benedict's ranch. Yeah, this is where we learn is about his ranch, and then he uh, there. Hold on, you didn't set the place. So he took this train. I think they're in the north. Maryland. They're in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. they're in the northeast. Sorry, yeah, they're in Maryland now. Um, and they're at Elizabeth Taylor's family's very, very wealthy, wealthy, very, very nice. Uh, I don't know ranch up there. And they got horses and stuff. They breed horses. I don't know what they do. Yeah, I don't know. But he's there to buy the stallion Warwinds mm-hmm. to make more horses with i guess mm-hmm. and elizabeth taylor is engaged or like about to be engaged or something like that mm. she's dating some guy that's there um she has a little sister and then uh bick is like yeah i want to buy your horse and they like sit down and everything and mm-hmm. um elizabeth taylor's like i'm not gonna give away this horse this horse is like wild and the best one and it only likes me i'm not gonna do that and uh, she's like i've got this guy here too that i'm kind of in- about to be engaged uh, with and they're like He's going to buy it. He has a, a, a pretty big ranch down there in Texas. Like, how big is it, sir? And he's like, mm, about half a million acres. Yeah. And then Elizabeth Taylor's like, all right, see you later, buddy. <laughs> I'm uh, going hey, with you, yeah. Bick, you want to buy this horse? You got to buy me too. <laughs> yeah, basically that's how it goes. Because uh, after dinner, Jordan and Leslie go outside and they're talking. And he's like, you want to come see my ranch in Texas someday? And then uh, they're like, maybe they kind of flirt a little bit and mm-hmm. they go back and he's laying in bed and Leslie's getting teased by her sister about being in love with Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning he's like, I got he's Leslie is up early and goes to Jordan at breakfast. Cause Jordan was going to leave early. He said on the train, mm-hmm. like they weren't going to see each other, but she makes sure and gets ready early so that she can see him at breakfast. Mm-hmm. And she starts talking about what she's read all about Texas and, and Jordan gets offended because she talks, she mentioned something like, you know, you, you took it from the people that were there, the Mexicans that were there. Yeah. And he's like, how dare you? And this kind of starts off this racist subplot, oh, racism yeah. subplot of jo- how racist Jordan is towards Mexicans mm-hmm. and how um, Leslie's able to see the humanity, the common humanity in them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the um, 
this is probably my favorite part of the movie is this whole racism subplot thing. Yeah, it's the most compelling for yeah. it. I'm not going to say it's my favorite because I didn't really like love <laughs> the content or anything, uh, but it was the most engaging and uh, compelling yeah, part of the movie, at least the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what does she say? She's like, um, she's like, I didn't mean to offend. And he gets all, he's like, how dare you? We're tech proud Texans. And have you ever heard of San Jacinto, or the Alamo? And she's like, yeah, I've heard of those things. Mm-hmm. And, but I just mean to say, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. It's like, we went in and she's like, yeah, it's really, it's not theirs. I want to drop the, the line or whatever. But yeah. She's like, it's not uh, theirs. They don't know. Um, or not, they don't know. They're like, they just went in and took it from them. And then, they got all mad because the, uh, whatever the Mexicans like beat him at yeah at the Alamo, and then he's like, "Hey, you ever hear the Battle of mm-hmm. San Jack?" And mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's this thing that come. There's another similar conversation that Leslie has with James Dean's character later on mm-hmm. um, about people just being. He's like, people just take the land from whoever, and that's and they like they just do it better, where they just or smarter swindlers than the other people kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. It's just all this, this whole like pessimistic view of humanity that Jordan has and that jet rink has, which is James Dean's character about humanity is just out out to get each other. And you just kind of have to be the, the one to do it first before you get, you know, taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Um, so she also subtly learns that he's unmarried and he's kind of annoyed and int- but intrigued with her. And then um, Leslie walks outside and Jordan follows her and they walk up to this fence and Warwinds comes up to them, the horse. And uh, as you hear the sounds of the train approaching and they kind of look at each other and then it fades into the logo of R- Riata and then it fades into the train with Jordan and Leslie on the train headed to Rietta. Mm-hmm. They're like in bed. Like it's their private they're car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're married already and they're on their honeymoon traveling back to Texas. Mm-hmm. So we don't see it, but they got married in Maryland at her family's home. And then he's Maybe coming it would have been way too long if we saw that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God they cut that. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, and so they're traveling back to Texas. They get off at a town called Benedict. The town is named after them, mm-hmm. after the family. And there's a car with a driver named Angel there. Mm-hmm. Of course, Jordan is immediately rude to him by saying, he says something like, these people never learn. Yeah. And Leslie's much, much kinder and polite to Angel. Yeah. He's, he is bad. They are very bad. And he's like, speaks Spanish to them. And like, he speaks okay Spanish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of confusing. Just like talking shit to their face and saying, oh, they never learn, whatever. And then, you know, I don't know. Took the time to learn another language, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But, but he's still terrible. So. Yeah. Puts him in there. Yeah. It's not good. They drive into Riata. I keep saying, like, on my notes, I just have, like, Riata and Rialta, like, interchange, but it's Riata. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drive into it and up to his home, and there's two Mexican servants there named Lupe and Petra come up, and Leslie is nice to them. Uh, Jordan says that behavior is not acceptable now that she's a Texan. Mm-hmm. She can't be nice to them like that. Yeah, is that shit. Yeah, and then a young man smoking... And a cowboy hat looks on, and that's Jet Rink. That's James Dean's character. He works for the Benedicts, and uh, he gets introduced to Leslie, and there's some dislike of him by Jordan. Uh, Jordan's sister, Luz, 
has kept on Jet Rink to keep working there. But she likes him, but Jordan does not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan thought he got rid of him a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, his sister, Luz, kind of runs the place, it seems like. Mm-hmm. She's kind of the one that's really in charge, not so much Jordan Bick Benedict. Mm-hmm. But he's got the, I don't know, the pride. Like, apparently he's mm-hmm. the second. Uh, he's a junior. And his dad before him owned this entire ranch and, mm-hmm. you know, ran it. And it's just like a tradition now. It's ingrained. It has to be this way. The, you know, the first son always has to take over. And, mm-hmm. um, but Luz is cool. Well, not cool, like good person, but she's cool. She's an interesting like, character. She has yeah, an interesting character and she seems to hold the place together. And she like interjects a lot with uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Elizabeth Taylor tries to like, I don't know do her thing like be ingrained in the stuff and she's like no she can't do that she can't ride horses with them she can't mm-hmm. uh, she's got to learn her play it's it's weird yeah she's she they everyone has a very or not everyone but a lot of these characters have a very firm idea about what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman what it means to be white mm-hmm. mexican yeah. texan mm-hmm. Maryland. like it's all these things of identity that are kind of tied up in this and that's really i think what the movie's about mm-hmm. is who who are we who are you what what kinds of threads are you made up of Mm -hmm. and how do you kind of navigate all of those things Mm -hmm. and it comes to a head at the end of the movie a bit but um and there's some growth and some learning involved but there's at the beginning here there's a lot of really disgusting things that kind of happens yep Uh, so the next morning Luz talks down to leslie for being an easterner you know maryland versus texas and leslie says she's tougher than she looks um, which is true, I think, but not immediately true, at least, because uh, then she meets all the neighbors. The closest one lives 50 miles away from them. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, they propose a toast to the newlyweds, and Jet kind of looks on with his feet up in the back seat of a nice car. I think that was a cool little juxtaposition. That was a cool shot, too. Mm-hmm. And that car, yeah, that whole thing's pretty iconic. Yeah, there's, it's, they're out in the middle of like what looks like the desert, mm-hmm. and... They're having this toast with fancy food and drink. They're having like a barbecue. And they've got like a cow's head that's being smoked. and <laughs> They're all crazy. wearing like nice clothes, but they're surrounded by sand and dirt. Mm-hmm. And fancy cars, but then Jet Rink is up is in this fancy car with like his dirty clothes and cowboy hat. And he's got his feet up on these nice seats. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird... It's like all these people are so wealthy, but they look like dirty they're surrounded by dirty a dirty world yeah um it reminds me a lot and made me think a lot of our grandpa and grandma and they probably i mean they grew up in south texas during this time like that Mm -hmm. right that would have been or no there would have been the generation before them would have been like our grandpa's dad probably um and grandma's parents and stuff but yeah they were just out there having barbecues and i don't know like there weren't like facilities there weren't a bunch of buildings out there mm-hmm. you know there weren't like party halls or <laughs> didn't have neighbors every 50 miles but um i don't know it was a really really hot texas desert mm-hmm. in the summer we had a cookout and just sweating and everything and they're like you're not going to take the heat 
Uh, and Elizabeth Taylor's like, oh, I can take it. And then she sees the cow head. And they're like, oh, have some of the brains. Like, it's been yes. <laughs> under some coals and some dirt, like luau style out there. And immediately um, passes out. Yeah, she passes out. <laughs> yeah, so much for being tough. Uh-huh. And then her and uh, Jet have a moment, right? He takes her back to the house or something like that. Uh, it's 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 not it's later on because um yeah the next day she gets up early and she's ready determined to never faint again and she they go out for a ride on their horses with leslie on war winds and then she gets a ride back in jet's car mm-hmm. and meanwhile like Luz is arguing with jordan about who runs the house leslie or Luz, like which one of us is kind of luz yeah call her Luz or luz i don't know <laughs> luz luz i think and in the car back in the car ride back, Jet is telling Leslie that the Benedicts basically swindled all this land away from the Mexicans. Yeah, how do you think they got it? Yeah. yeah. This is another kind of one of those things. It's like how Texas swindled the land away from the Mexicans. Uh, the Benedicts swindled their land away from the Mexicans. And and then he also probably oversteps his bounds and tells her she's the prettiest girl he's ever seen. Definitely oversteps his bounds. Yeah. And uh, she, she's like, I'm going to tell my husband. He's like, uh, uh, don't do that. Uh, please. Uh, don't go do that. <laughs> and then uh, a frustrated Luz, meanwhile, finds the horse war winds and is like, I'm going to break this horse in. He's too wild. And this is a brutal scene, but also one of the most interestingly shot, edited scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah, she die. She does. Uh, but <laughs> uh, first, she's the horse is kind of bucking. You get these like wide shots, and then it cuts into her really quickly into her close-up of her spurs digging into the side of war winds. Yeah, a couple of times. A couple of times. And then at one time, you see like blood splurt, spurting out. And uh, it just has these quick little blink and you'll miss it shots of like the spurs digging in. And there's another really cool shot. It's way, way far back where it's like the horse on the horizon uh, bucking. Mm -hmm. And you can just see it like in silhouette. And uh, that's kind of where we leave her. We later learn that she gets bucked off of war winds and hits her head Mm -hmm. and she dies pretty quickly. Um, But as that's happening... Leslie, riding back with Jet, stops at a home of some of the Mexicans that work on the ranch, and there's a sick mother and baby in this house. And she goes in and comforts the sick baby, but she's not supposed to be in there fraternizing with them. She's not supposed to be in this village, but she goes in anyway. She picks up this baby that's sick and, like, calms it down and makes sure to get, like, attention to this kid and everything. So she's going up against all kinds of social norms. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in Texas, I was talking about this with some, some uh, I forget, I was talking with some friends or some coworkers. Um, we had to take Texas history, mm-hmm. in like maybe in elementary school, but definitely in middle school and in high school. Um, no, elementary and middle is what it was. Mm-hmm. And if you go to a public university in Texas, you got to take some Texas history. Mm-hmm. And it's got a unique history and it's interesting and everything. But I, after watching this movie, I was like, I don't know how critical it really was. No. Um, because it's very, very, um, I don't know, it shines a very good light on Texans. It's got very proud, like proud, yeah, uh, history, like, you know, like trying to encourage people to, yeah. It's always like there was Native Americans for a while, and then there was Mexican people for a while, and then Texas, Stephen F. Austin, and yeah. William Barrett Travis, and Sam Houston, and Davy Crockett, and mm-hmm. all these, like, wa- let's watch the Alamo movie with John Wayne, and. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, make dioramas of the San- Battle of San Jacinto. Yeah, not talk about all of the... Uh, <laughs> this used to be Mexico, and, then, and uh, there's a lot of cultures that... Uh, <laughs> then we skip over the Civil War, and then we're part of the United States. What yeah, do you know? <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, that's... It was an interesting movie. But anyways, um, yeah, she helps this little baby, mm-hmm. and um, he grows up and gets to be a cool person that we know. Yeah. Um, Leslie goes back to the house, and this is where we see the scene where um, we learn of Luz's demise. And there's a doctor there that was working on Luz, and then Leslie tells the doctor about the baby, and he's like, uh... And then Jordan's like, Dr. Walker is there, is our doctor. He's not for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. And then meanwhile, that nor- that nor- that night, Jordan uh, Bick says he has to she had to shoot war winds due to a broken leg. And Leslie tells him that the baby is alive. I thought this was another juxtaposition. Something bad happens to two living beings. And Bick is just like, yeah, I had to shoot it because it was broken leg. And then <laughs> like uh, Leslie's like the baby that I was sick is alive now because we treated it with things. It's like there are two viewpoints kind of all wrapped up in this one little juxtaposition. Yeah, one nurturing and one. I don't know. Tough luck. Uh, Horrible. That's, yeah, <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, Luz's funeral's next. Everyone's there. Um, she and then we. Uh, we learn that Luz intended to leave a piece of land to Jet. Jet, I don't guess I have to tell you, Luz was a woman with strong, sentimental feeling. She prepared a list of things here that she wanted to give all the people in Rietta. Yes, we, uh, we find that she wanted to, uh, <laughs> that is, we find that her bequest to you was in the nature of a, a little piece of ground. Was that a little piece we used to call Buffalo Wallet? They were like, it's worth about 600 bucks, but they want to keep the land to keep Riata all intact. And so they offer Jet $1,200 cash instead of the land. And they bring him in and they tell him about this. And he just kind of sits there with his hat. It's really, really probably his, one of his best acted scenes in the movie. And he's like, you know what? I'm pretty sentimental. I think I'm going to turn down their offer and keep, keep the land. Yep. And boy, does he. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, of course, as he's leaving, as he's walking out, he hears one woman say something. It's like, only thing that's worth more than money in this world is land. And then some other person that he walks past is like, you know, oil's been found on some land and it brings in a bunch of money. So like, on the way out, he's like reassured with his decision, land's better than money. And then he's like, oil's been found. And he's like, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, goes to his new land. And there's another cool shot where he's kind of pacing it out. It's just like it's him kind of walking away from the camera, pacing out his own land, his little piece of land, piece of dirt, and he climbs up a windmill and looks down on his land. Very contemplative, but very uh, proud of kind of his own stake in the world, kind of a thing. Yeah, there's a, that's a, I, I think that's another thing about like Texas, you know, land worth more than money. Um, kind of a thing. Well, it is if you flash forward, which this movie does a couple of times here, and this mm-hmm. is about to be the first one, right? Or has anything else happened before? Ooh, there's a really interesting, um, another social commentary thing where he's got his friends or neighbors over or something. Talking he's politics. talking politics, yeah. and they like won't let Elizabeth Taylor in, yeah into it. He's like, "Don't you know? Like we're and they are all super proud. And we're like, we're the ones who beat Geronimo. 
or we're the ones who helped <laughs> out in the Civil War or something like that. It's just like, I don't know, boasting mm-hmm. the worst parts of Texas history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's she's like, okay, guys. Um, yeah, she keeps trying to join this discussion. Please do go on talking. I'd love it. This is men's stuff. Leslie, how about a cup of coffee or a drink or something? Men's stuff. Lord of mercy. Set up my spinning wheel, girls. I'll join the harem section in a minute. And she pushes back, and he's like, and Bick is like, you're tired. Why don't you just go up to sleep and and eventually she gives up and leaves but uh he comes in and wakes her up to argue and he's like why won't you just like behave like everybody else and she's like never it's this really (laughs) really good scene that i don't know it's like how do these two people find each other (laughs) yeah uh and then she yeah but then she softens and to get him to come back to bed and she's got him like wrapped around her finger when she wants to Mm -hmm. uh the next morning after making up uh, Leslie tells Jordan that she's pregnant and that they know it'll be a boy. Cut to them holding two bo- babies, a, ba- a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. So we have a little bit of a jump forward. She's gotten pregnant and they have twins, I believe, mm-hmm. and one of each. And then we have a little jump forward in time because Leslie's parents are reading a letter from her about how she's coming along and that she's helping a Dr. Guerra get started in the village. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get a little bit of a passage of time here mm-hmm. she stops in to check on jet at little riata um, and he makes her some tea you make a very excellent cup of tea yeah well i do a lot of things in a pinch yeah. would you like uh, one lump or do you like two whatever i think i'll take mine straight that's good enough for me. And this is an interesting scene, too. She notices her pictures up on the wall with some other, like, cut-out women. <laughs> and uh, she's like, hmm, this is interesting. And uh, they are having tea that he's made. And and uh, she asks him, like, why aren't you married? And he's like, uh, you got any sisters interested in poor people? And then he says, she says something like, well, you know, money isn't everything. And he says something like, not when you have it. And he kind of, then he later on kind of exemplifies the same kind of racist attitudes that Jordan has. Mm -hmm. He says some things, some terrible things about Mexican. I think he, you know, uh, warning that there's slurs. There are some slurs in this movie. I think he like says some like, he says like wetbacks or something. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. And uh, as she's leaving, she steps in some mud and Jet inspects the footprint and sees it bubbling up. And he starts digging through it with his hands. So we've got, again, racist attitudes from our quote-unquote heroes and main characters in this story. <laughs> the only one that has like a good moral character is Elizabeth Taylor's character consistently throughout this movie. Yeah. She's solid throughout the whole thing. But uh, Jordan and Jet, not so much. Mm-hmm. yeah elizabeth taylor is the best um she's i mean i don't even know if she's the best though because her character is pretty i don't know 
she's not always there. She's just like, I don't know, it's not from her point of view or anything. She's not very independent or very considered, I guess is the word. Like her side's not entirely right. considered. This movie's definitely through the white male gaze. <laughs> well, but I like, that's why I like the movie best when she's pushing back. When she's pushing back against the politics is just men's stuff. Mm-hmm. When she's, when Jordan says, when are you going to behave? And she says, never. Like when she shows back, when they allow her character to have backbone and not only like stick up for what's morally right, but shut down the men mm-hmm. that are against it. That's when I think the movie is at its best. Uh, but most of the movie is just kind of about the legacy of the Benedict family yes, and what it means to be Texan and being proud of land, being a landowner. And- I feel like her part is not as big as I wanted it to be. And because of that, it feels a lot more like a glorification of yeah, these really powerful men. They're fictional, but well, it's like kind the, of fictional of Texas history. It's yeah. like the movie's confused about what it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. It's a, trying to be about too many things, but never is about anything enough to be about that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's an epic, so it gets to be about more than just one thing. And maybe some people will say that's a strength of the movie, that it touches on so many different things. But I felt like it hops around with these things so much that it never really becomes... It's... I don't know. It doesn't give the time enough to any one thing to actually do it justice. Yeah, I agree. Effectively, at least. Mm -hmm. I think the closest thing is the racism subplot thing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that's the most successful part of the movie, because that has a good beginning, middle, and end. Mm -hmm. We're about to get to the middle of the movie, by the way, aren't we? Yeah, we're about halfway through. (laughs) Yeah. Where was I? Oh, he's he's finding what might be oil. Yeah, he's freaking out about the oil. Yeah. And he... Good call on keeping the land and not taking the money, James Dean. (laughs) No kidding. That's going to pay off big time. Uh, Jordan threatens to leave Leslie for going to the village and helping out the Mexicans that live there. Uh, and then there's a le- another little mon. So he hasn't changed anything. A uh, little montage of their kids growing up. And on one of their birthdays, they throw their crying son up onto a pony. And again, themes of, I just put like a note, like themes of masculinity. Bick is so determined that his boy has to be able to ride this horse. And he doesn't want to. He'd rather play with the to- the medical toys that he got. And he... It's just like a yeah, it's very stubborn, closed-off worldview. And he's mm-hmm. just got to be the same. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, he eventually takes him up on the horse and rides pretty hard on it. And the kid's crying the whole time. And, and that night, Jordan is kind of sitting in front of a fire. And Leslie comes to him in shadow. Another really cool camera shot. And tells him she wants to take the children to visit her family for a while to give them some space. Um, being kind of hurt by how he treated his, his son at his birthday. And, and Leslie and the kids board the train and off they go to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanksgiving time. He doesn't leave Rietta. No, he, the dad stays. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Bick stays. The kids are in Maryland. They're feeding a turkey that they've named Pedro. Uh, Cut to Thanksgiving dinner and they realize they're going to eat Pedro and they all break down. (laughs) And they get a letter from their father, which makes them cry more. And they go back to Riyadh and their father's having a big turkey dinner um, for Thanksgiving all by himself. Hmm. That's really like sad. Kind of reminds me of like Bruce Wayne alone in Wayne Manor. (laughs) That's a big dining room table. Uh, He then 
surprises everyone and arrives in Maryland in time for Leslie's sister's wedding that's happening in the house. Mm. And Bick looks at Leslie during the ceremony, I think in kind of like regret at how he's treated her and kind of like renewing their vows because they're kind of looking at each other as the vows and the priest is saying the vows. And they kind of, as the music swells, they look at each other and the priest says, for what God has joined together, let no man put asunder or whatever. And uh, they embrace and it's, you know, they separated for a while and this is them forgiving each other and coming back together. And uh, she asks, or he asks if she's ready to come back and she's like, I am not any different. I haven't changed. And he's like, you know, us Texans like a little vinegar in our greens for flavor or something. It's so stupid. Damn. <laughs> but uh, it works on her. And back at Riata. Mm-hmm. He's got. I think this is the part. Whenever I think all that right there, I had nothing to say because I did not really remember that part of the movie. I knew yeah. he found the oil and then basically uh, the, turned it off because I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to get out of here. Just, <laughs> this movie's going way too slow. We got to move. <laughs> yeah, basically the important thing is they were on a separation and then they came back together. Cool. And then <laughs> fast forward. I think this is day two of my film watching. They probably it gets. They get older. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Jordan's got a massive cow and breeding program and Jet is drilling for oil as Jordan looks on and he kind of wants to buy him out and he's annoyed with him. And then Jet is just about out of money. And then it's in that moment that he strikes oil mm-hmm. and he gets covered in it. it just shoots up out of the ground and rains down on him and, and on his land. And he drives up to Jordan's front door covered in oil and, and another great acting scene. And he's like, My well came in big. And he taunts it. He taunts him and hits on Leslie. <laughs> and then Jordan punches him. And then Jet punches him back and drives off. And and someone makes a comment of like, "You should have shot that fellow a long time ago." And now he's too rich to kill. So there's some classism there going on too. Yeah. Uh, and then there's kind of this montage of Jet striking oil over and over again. They always say too about Jet that like he's bad people. Like he's it's like once born on the bottom always gonna be on the bottom like he's a street rat at heart like he's yeah. they don't ever give him a chance and he is uh pretty shitty though yeah <laughs> he's not he's not good yeah he doesn't change at least bick changes yeah um but it takes him way too long to do that way too long like almost no probably no, it's definitely like, almost like a deathbed thing yeah an unforgivable amount of time yeah uh, so Jordan is now, he's on the phone with lawyers ordering Jet to cease using the name Rietta because he calls his name, his land Little Rietta. Mm-hmm. And so he changes it to Jet Texas mm-hmm. and jump forward and, and now Jet, or excuse me, Bick and Leslie's kids are grown up and you know who plays his son? The grown up, the grow up who's become, wants to become a doctor. No, who's that? Dennis Hopper. That's Dennis Hopper. <laughs> wow. We're going to see him a, well, at least one more time in this. No, at least two more times in this. What list. is he in? He's going to be an easy writer and he'll be in Apocalypse Now. Um, he was also King Koopa in the Super Mario Brothers live action movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway. Uh, I don't know him very well. <laughs> uh he was in some episode of Entourage, too. Okay. <laughs> now I know. Uh, he was, like, betting on soccer with uh, Vinny Chase. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, anyways, keep going. Dennis Hooper, yeah, I don't really know him, but keep yeah. going. Uh, he wants to become a doctor. Their daughter, uh, I don't remember her name right now, um, wants, to become, wants to be a rancher. 
Mm-hmm. And Leslie and Bick are kind of in bed that night and they talk about suddenly they've become the older generation. They, they do this thing where they're like, we're going to talk about kids. Like, dang it, yeah, we've become the older generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but she starts it off because he, the son come, goes to the mom and to Elizabeth Taylor and he's like, I don't want to be a rancher. I don't want to take over this place. I want mm-hmm. to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. She's like really excited. And then the daughter goes to the dad and she's like, dad, I don't want to go off to boarding school that mom wants me to go to because, well, because, uh, and she's like, brings a guy over. Mm-hmm. She's like, I really like it here. And yada, yada, yada. And he's like, I understand. And meets the guy and like scares him away and does stupid manly stuff. And then brings him back. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, just like checks him out or whatever. It's, it's weird. And then they go to bed and they're like, I want to talk to you about the kids. And he's like, oh my God, me too. I want to talk to you about the kids. <laughs> and she's like, what would you do if they did something wrong? Or not wrong, like something that we don't necessarily like, but you would do it because it's, you know it's better for them, right? Like if it was something that was truly good for them, but we didn't necessarily like it, would you? And he's like, uh-huh, if, <laughs> as long as you say yes. <laughs> and they like have the conversation. It's like, yeah, okay, my daughter wants to stay here and not go to boarding school. And mm-hmm. Taylor's pissed. And he's like, and, well, your son uh, wants to be a doctor and he doesn't want to be a rancher. And he's like, yeah. Ah, damn it. And like shuts the lights off or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he does. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, how? And then they're like, how did we all of a sudden become, they're like, they're looking back on that evening. And mm-hmm. they're like, man, time flew by, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh. We see Jet, he's in a business suit in an office with a mustache, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's trying, to, he's trying to get the ability to drill for oil on Riata. Mm-hmm. And Jet, he keeps calling Jordan Bick, and Jordan is telling him that Riata is and always will be a cattle ranch, which is, this is kind of the conflict for a little chunk of the movie here, mm-hmm. that Jet wants to come onto their land to drill for oil there, because he, like, he knows there's oil there, and it's going to make them all a bunch of money, and... And but Bick has this idea that of what Riata is and what the Benedict family does, and he's very loyal to this idea. He doesn't want to change well, for a little while, not for very long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a big, 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 uh, very, very, very lucrative <laughs> prospect for your five hundred thousand acre ranch out here. Mm-hmm. Um, what F, what is it? It fast forwards here. No, he has another daughter. Um, yeah, there's this party here. There's this. I, I want to talk about this camera shot that happens because it's okay. Leslie and Jordan's daughter is like making out with her new husband in their car, mm-hmm. and they're kind of interrupted by the news on the radio talking about Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And then they get out of the car and they go inside the house, and the camera kind of lifts up over the car and it kind of follows them inside mm-hmm. where they're having a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really kind of in a cool movie shot. where there's a lot of cool shots, but there's not a lot of cool camera movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really kind of, it stood out in the movie. There's a lot of really painterly looking landscapes and s- relatively still camera shots. But this kind of movement where it's kind of float, it kind of reminded me of the movement that the camera makes in Citizen Kane to go into the, through the roof. No, that's the one. Yeah. Um, similar kind of floating quality. Anyway, they're having a Christmas party. Angel is brought in because he is the first soldier of Riata. Yeah, and it's Salmineo. <laughs> it's Salmineo. Isn't that who it is? Is it? The guy from Rebel Without a Cause? Yeah. No. I'm, I'm almost positive. It, I didn't look. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Plato? Yeah. Interesting. Let me look it up. Okay. I'll vamp while you're doing that. Uh, yeah, he's a great 
character. This is the baby that Leslie saved when he was sick at the beginning. He is now grown up and he's going off to war um, to be the first soldier of Riata. Uh, Leslie offers him a toast and their son, Dr. Benedict, gets introduced to a Mexican woman named Juana. And sparks literally fly when they shake hands. They get like yeah, a little... Yeah, it's Play-Doh. It, it, he is? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah, I like these sparks here with Dr. Guerra and Juana, though. And it's like... Yeah. A lot happens at this party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dennis Hopper and uh, Juana shake hands, and it's that little spark. They'll, they get shocked. Uh, static electricity and the doctor's look that's not the, <laughs> the ecstatic and dry heat and whatever in texas is not the only thing that can uh start yeah. some chemistry uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> this is your daughter calm down <laughs> and uh then uh what else happens here we got jordan offers a toast to his two sons jordy is the name of dennis hoffer's character he re- he's one that refuses to work there he says he's going to be a doctor and go work with dr gira in the village mm-hmm. and bob who is the new husband of his daughter got drafted and him and his wife want their own place so bick is kind of left without an heir to look after riata mm-hmm. uh jed arrives they get super drunk it's like bick and then oh yeah they do his real drunk. son Jordy and then his son-in-law um what's his name bob bob and uh first it's like dad and son get really drunk and he's like dad like that's no no the dad's drinking <laughs> big's drinking mm-hmm. and he's like dad that stuff's not good for you trust me <laughs> i'm a doctor <laughs> yeah i'm almost a doctor <laughs> um and then he's like i don't want to be this i want to be a doctor yada yada and he gets mad at him and then bob comes over and he's like bob could you ever amount to anything more than a rancher? <laughs> He's like, nope. <laughs> He's like, cool, you're in. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I did get called uh, by the president to go to this yeah. little thing called World War Two, mm-hmm. and then he goes away, and then he's left with nothing. And he's like, and also, me and your daughter kind of want a place of our own. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Jet arrives, and he's greeted by Luz, who is the other daughter, the younger daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they shake hands and another static electric shock. Mm-hmm. And which is creepy because Jet is supposed to be like probably like 50 or 60 at this point. Yeah, her dad's age. Yeah. And she's supposed to be like 14, 15, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's there to try to strike a deal with Jordan and he does. And cut to Jordan hanging out at his new pool in his front yard. He's yeah. got oil money now. Yeah, first it's like I'm never changing the Riata ranch or whatever to an oil field or like anything like that. He's like, we're just strictly cattle. That's yeah. all we do. We're a cattle ranch. And then uh, they keep offering nothing, nothing and world war two hits. And then jets like, Hey, the government is giving us all this money. Like they're going to need a lot of oil for world mm-hmm. war two. And he's like, I will give up a big <laughs> chunk of this land for oil and have a nice pool. As long as <laughs> do you remember, do you ever you remember team America when he, he, she's like, there, the dog's like, if you promise you'll never die, I'll have sex with you right now. And he's like, I promise, I will, I will never, never die. die. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like. Yeah. He changes his tune so quickly. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. Yeah, never uh, ever gonna have oil fields. Yeah. There will be none of those pumps. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, he's in a pool. <laughs> yeah. They're in the uh, it was like a pool away from the house, and they've got all these people over, and you know mm-hmm. it's a nice place. And the house is gonna get 
remodeled, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's another cool detail about this movie is when you fir- when Jordan and Leslie first go to Riata and they go into the house, it's super empty and dusty because mm-hmm. it's just Jordan and his sister mm-hmm. that live there. And her his sister, Luz, runs the place. And you get the idea that she's very efficient, but she doesn't like opulence mm-hmm. she doesn't like fancy things mm-hmm. and then as leslie goes there and she kind of starts to take over more things and as they start to have kids in a family yeah. the house becomes much nicer cleaner filled with different things and kind of evolves through time mm-hmm. um, that's a kind of a cool little detail the set design and the production design of the movie it takes place over such a long period of time mm-hmm. that you get to see all these changes throughout that kind of happen in the background so mm-hmm. i appreciate that yeah that was neat um also, Jordy marries Juana in a Catholic Church private ceremony thing. Mm-hmm. And then the soldiers are returning home from war, so there's a big party for them. Mm-hmm. And Jordy arrives there with his new wife, Juana. He goes up to his mother, Leslie, and she looks shocked and then embraces them both. Because the sound of the party is so loud, we don't actually hear what they're saying. But they, he whispers to her that, they're, that they got married and she gets excited and embraces them both. And then he goes up to his father but he can't hear. Mm-hmm. And so Jordy goes up on the stage and announces the news on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, it kind of, the scene kind of ends there with, I think some people jumping in the pool or something and all excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the soldiers have returned home except for Angel. Yeah. Angel returns home. Salmoneo's dead. In a casket. Yeah. He was in like one scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie reminisces that she saw him when he was a baby and when he was sick. And at the burial, the soldiers present Angel's mother with the American flag. And then Jordan gives the father the Texas flag mm-hmm. as the choir sings the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Again, identity, what it means to be American, what it means to be Texan. Mm-hmm. And it's all this kind of stuff. So very, very heartbreaking scene. Um, and then you cut to Jordan and Leslie's first grandkids being born. So we jump forward in time. He looks on his pri- in pride at his daughter's white child uh, and then with a blank face for his son's half-Mexican child. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, so it's... A- hey, he wasn't too happy about the, uh, the marriage. Yeah. And not too happy, which is uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because that's like Grandpa and Grandma, Papa and Anna's generation, maybe a little bit younger because they just like out of the war or i don't know about the same time mm-hmm. um and then it's like you know our parents are are the kids the babies the babies and like yeah that's weird mm-hmm. but i mean no our parents are like you know hispanic and, and white from like other parts of texas and mm-hmm. i don't know down parts of the state around this time or just a generation before their time it's uh and probably still is who am i kidding it's probably still looked down upon by a bunch of people here oh yeah definitely uh, especially in like smaller towns. Yeah. Uh, Jet Rink is opening up his own airport and hotel. He's doing so well for himself. He's got his own airport and hotel now. Uh, and Luz wants to go. Uh, Leslie says he's old enough to be her father, mm-hmm. uh, which he very well is. Mm-hmm. Um, and but Jordan's so annoyed with Jet that he's determined to go and show off their wealth and try and be proud, basically, in mm-hmm. front of him. And uh, so they're all going to parade out there. with every, They're going to bring everybody and dress up all fancy and just show them that we're not 
we haven't lost, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. we're still rich, basically. Yeah. They land at the airport. There's a parade with Jet in one of the cars and he's having it. And then and it's like he's waving at the crowd and like, oh, there he goes. And then there's this another a creepy scene that Jet is having a drink with Luz. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he says that she could run everything if she married the right man. And, mm-hmm. and he's really embarrassed. And then he's, he's too embarrassed and drunk to properly propose about this. Because like, she was like, is that a proposal? And he's like... Uh, Wait, did you skip over the parade? It's, I thought it was just the one shot of him kind of driving by. No, there's a scene where Luz is like the parade queen. Oh really? Yeah, they go and they I like. I must have nodded off. <laughs> you have to forgive me for that. Yeah, but they like on. fly there, and it's this big whole ordeal, and then they're the Benedicts are like in. This is like two hours and forty minutes into this yeah. movie. <laughs> the Benedicts are like in the. This is the part that I paid attention to, brother. Oh. <laughs> this is day two. Well, then by me. all means. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were fresh faced. <laughs> <laughs> they like get off the plane, and they're all you know dressed. It's like a big, like paparazzi kind of yeah. red carpet thing, and. It's all praise to Jet for really supporting the troops and giving them all this oil and not at all for being, you know, super, super lucrative and, like, I don't take advantage of a horrible, horrible thing and making tons and tons of money. And being self-important. And being self-important and throwing yourself a parade, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, his car goes by and then it's like a car of something and then... Having a giant ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he goes by. Anyways, he goes by and then there's like another car, a couple cars behind. And it's got Luz in it and she's like the parade queen. Oh. And they're all like, what the hell is going on? Why is she... And you can see Bick getting really mad and I forget... It's who's the old guy in this part of the movie? Is it? It's not their uncle Raleigh or whoever. Yeah, where the hell did he come from? He's just like this one random presence that's kind of in the movie throughout. He kind of allies himself with Leslie in some scenes, but he also has a lot of Bix ideas and morality. So he's just kind of a more even-tempered Jordan, basically. But yeah. he's some older relative. But he points her out. He's like, uh oh. Like, what is Luz doing there? And like, I'm mm-hmm. the queen. Anyways, and so after the parade, then the two of them are together, and she's in her like queen. Of the parade gown. And that's when they're having the drink. Uh-huh. And then they're, like, being all flirty and everything. And she just, she turns him down. I think before this, uh, Elizabeth Taylor tells her, she's like, he is not a good person. Yeah. Like, he'll always be bad. Uh, at the opening of the hotel, Jordy and Juana arrive. And the police prevent Juana from entering until Jordy intervenes. Uh, which starts another thing because Wano wants to go to the parlor to get fixed up and she's not able to get service. Okay, hold on. So we were talking about them all drunk and mm-hmm. she, Elizabeth Taylor told him that he's no good and he's always going to be bad. Once a street rat, always a street rat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of sort of makes a move on her and they're definitely being flirty and drinking mm-hmm. and um she's like no that's okay you're you're actually pretty gross um and like rejects him again and then he proceeds to get really really drunk um and then yeah then we cut to that's right yeah and he continues to be that way for the rest of the movie man so so drunk (laughs) um yeah but then they get there and jordy and juana are there and juana's like i need to get ready and she goes down to the um beauty salon or parlor parlor whatever it is yeah first whenever they go into the hotel or whatever it is i think it's a hotel it's like the Mm -hmm. convention or ballroom or something and they like are not allowed in they're like yeah we're told 
no nobody like them and he points to juana and the mm-hmm. baby um he's like uh, i don't think you understand like i am I'm a benedict i'm a benedict like you know that name mm-hmm. <laughs> like let me in uh we're guests and he's oh, okay yeah the benedicts yeah sure sure yeah and so then they let her in but then when she's in the parlor by herself she's not able to get service yeah and he goes upstairs to where his parents are fighting they're they were arguing and making up and then juana calls up and and Jordy answers the phone and hears that he's not, she wasn't able to get service. So he goes down to the parlor after pounding a drink back where they were refusing a server. And he gets so mad, he throws a bottle at a mirror and smashes the mirror. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah. They're so, it's, this part made me mad. I did mm-hmm. not like this part. Yeah. Then we get to the banquet in Rink's, uh, Jet Rink's honor. And... And as he's walking up to a seat of honor, as the eyes of Texas are playing, uh, Jordy kind of confronts him on the way and accuses him of inviting them just to insult his wife. Mm-hmm. And then Jet punches Jordy and knocks him out, basically. His bodyguards take him away and like, before he can do anything. And, and then Jordan Big Benedict comes up and is like, you want to step outside, Jet? And they go into a supply closet. And Jet's like, bodyguards wait out here. Yeah. They're about to start fighting, and but then Bix, like, you ain't even worth hitting. And then he throws a big thing against the shelves and knocks them all over like do- like dominoes. Yeah, he throws a, a bottle of liquor oh, against the like shelves. Like a big bottle. Yeah, and it knocks over all the rest of the bottles of liquor, and they all go falling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he leaves, and then and, you hear another, like, smash of a bottle, like he probably drank some more, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet comes back out to give his speech and everyone's just, yeah. But first the Benedicts have all gotten up and leave and uh-huh. left as as he's getting more and more as Jet's getting more and more drunk in the supply closet. Yeah, they all leave. Then he gets introduced and called up to give a speech. And they're like just glorifying him and talking about how great he is and yada 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 and then he goes up there and just passes out. <laughs> he doesn't get to say anything he just passes out and falls asleep at the table. Mm-hmm. And everyone leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Benedict, were you going to say something? Yeah, and the whole build-up and everything, you know, Jordy throws the bottle and smashes the glass, and they re- refuse her service, and then he confronts uh, Jet, and when he's, like, talking to him, he's like, you know, you invite us here, and then uh, you don't even let my wife, whatever, you don't even show us the respect or whatever, and he says some other slur, just like, mm-hmm. yeah, what'd he expect, kind of BS, and... Mm-hmm. um. Yeah, and then he just like storms off, gets hit and thrown out and everything, and everybody's in the room afterwards while he's passed out and um Jordy's mad at his dad, you know, like mm-hmm. pretty reasonably so, and they talk about it a little bit more, but the most striking thing is Luz is like, How dare you guys like Jet is like a just a sad guy. He's lonely and I yeah. wanna stand up for him. Everyone's like what is your deal? We didn't even address you to begin with, with the whole queen of the parade thing. Mm-hmm. And we've like tried to keep our mouths kind of shut while mm-hmm. <laughs> you've been flirting with this old, old man. But the dad's like, yeah, this is stupid. What are you doing? And then yeah, uncle, what's his face? Like, he's like, don't worry. I'll show her where he is. <laughs> yeah. I'll hit her with the truth. Yeah. And then he's in like the place and drunk and saying slurs and yeah. mumbling and, there's something really interesting person horribly weak man (laughs) so when jordy confronts his father about his about his father's racism this part is cool he was like you only went to defend me after jet after you only went to go after jet after you he disgraced me not because of 
his Mexican daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. Or like his, his half-Mexican son. Right, it's because he disgraced or your white son whenever yeah. he got punched in, in public. Mm-hmm. Like, that was what was disgraceful for him, not all the racist stuff. And then he says some racist stuff back to him. He's like, yeah, well, what did you expect whenever you marry her? Like, mm-hmm. I told you this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is this coming from him? Or is this, he's like, this is coming from you, Dad. Like, right. You are being racist towards your own family, to your own grandson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do they have to stay in this hotel until like people leave? Or I don't know what the heck it is. Yeah, they have to stay. I think the next day because the plane leaves in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but Luz gets taken down to go see Jet. Yeah, and he's drunk, still in the ballroom, empty ballroom, all by himself, just chit chatting away to this empty space. And she's watching him from a cracked open door. Mm-hmm. And it's this really cool far away shot. So just kind of show this giant empty space, really. Shows his loneliness and his wealth all in one shot. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of cries and then leaves him alone in the room. He has his wealth, but he's got nothing else. Mm-hmm. The Benedicts are driving back. Jordan and Juana are in the front seat. Luz and Leslie are in the back seat. And they pull into a... Where's di- Jordy? I think he's on a plane or something. Okay. Because uh, he's not there That is an odd thing But yeah They pull into a diner To get a quick bite to eat The song Yellow Rose of Texas Is playing on the jukebox <laughs> in, in the car really quick They're like He's like trying to make it up To Juana Or something I don't know what he's doing But he's like Juana you uh, You can have a, the front seat Up here And mm-hmm. he's like Trying to be warm to her now I guess <laughs> And they're They're talking keep telling, I'm done with all this fancy stuff Y'all just want a cheeseburger At this diner Let's yeah. go get a cheeseburger yeah. Yeah, And so they go and uh, all the employees, as they come in, are giving dirty looks to Juana. Mm-hmm. You see the sign that says, we have the right to refuse service to anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, the owner stops by the table, and Jordan's like, oh, I want some ice cream for my grandson. And then the owner's like, I thought that kid had wanted tamale. Yeah. And, okay, guy. Yeah. And he's like, uh, that's odd, but I'm going to let it go. And then a Mexican family comes in, and the owner immediately kicks them all out. Or tries to. Tries to. And Jordan for changes his tune, and he goes up and he intervenes. Are you out of line, like, mister? hey, you're being impolite. And he starts a fist fight with the owner as the song, The well, Yellow he's like, Rose of I'm a, Yeah, and he's like, I'm a Benedict. Um, that means something around here. You know that name? You know, like, this place is, mm-hmm. and this big old ranch over there. He's like, yeah, that's me. Um, we're pretty important in this parts of the town. He's like, okay. He's like, is that little thing? And he, like, calls it an animal name. Mm-hmm. He's like, is that a Benedict too or whatever? And he's like, okay, if you go over there and you let me do my business and kick these people out, uh, then I'll serve him, sure, and I'll serve mm-hmm. you, whatever. But uh, it's not I, good enough for Jordan. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm gonna. Yeah, finally stands up, finally takes a stand and mm-hmm. on the right side, and mm-hmm. yeah, gets in a fist fight and destroys the whole place. Pretty awesome. <laughs> kind of like uh, Shane. Yep, <laughs> super all destructive. All over the like, diner. <laughs> um. And he loses. loses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets knocked into a table and gets stuff all over him. I also thought there were some really cool shots of them like punching into the camera. Mm-hmm. Like the camera takes on the POV of some of the person getting punched. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan's bloodied and beat and the and he's lying on the ground amidst a bunch of trash and the owner tosses the sign that says we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone onto him. Mm-hmm. And then Leslie kind of comes over and takes care of him and clearly proud of how he's grown. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the final scene of the movie. There, Leslie and Jordan are looking at their grandkids as Jordan's kind of reflecting on him. 
being a disgrace and how the kids know it. And then Luz is headed off to Hollywood to try and become an actress. Uh, they kind of make some remarks like an actress. Ugh. You know, you know, it's kind of one of those like tongue in cheek things mm-hmm. of actors saying that. Uh, and then Judy and Bob are out looking for a small ranch of their own. And Jordy and Juana are living in the village. Mm-hmm. And Leslie refers to Riata as her home. And then Jordan says, and it's okay. No, racial slur, another thing, because like it's supposed to be this happy ending where they've all learned something. Yeah. And he, then he calls his own grandkid a wetback. Yeah. He's like, even my, he's like, you don't even look like me. He looks like, you know, it's so terrible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's supposed to be like this charming little joke. They, it's definitely played that way. Yeah. And then Leslie says, When you tumbled rearward and landed crashing into that pile of dirty dishes, you were at last my hero. And that is a nice little moment of, of symbol of growth, I guess, for Jordan, but not quite because he just used a racial slur about his yeah. grandkid. Yeah. Um, and then it zooms in on the two grandkids. Um, I think as a symbol of maybe what it changing a changing identity or view of what it means to be Texan, you know, like a change in. Uh, I'd hope so. And <laughs> right, and a change in perspective and a maybe more accepting place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how, and then the end. That's how Giant ends. Mm-hmm. So what? This is sixty years. Is what's no. Almost 70 years ago, 64 years ago, something like that. Something really high up there. Yeah. I hope that the identity of Texas has changed and it's not still so, so, so crazy racist. <laughs> Parts uh, of it are, for sure. Yeah. Like maybe that Texans can, you know, mm-hmm. really embrace the, the fact that they are more than one culture. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know crazy this is kind of kind of a depressing movie the theme in this movie and like it taking place in texas was oh yeah. it was yikes and i don't know so the movie comes out it gets good reviews at the time uh notable fact is that it be it does pretty well in texas actually mm-hmm. where it's actually kind of critical of a lot of texas society at the time but it does pretty well um it also becomes warner brothers highest grossing film of all time what? Up to this point, it is the studio's, and t- and it lasts for over twenty years. You know what the movie is that beats it? Hmm. Superman. Weird. The Christopher Reeve Superman is the is the Warner Brothers movie that takes the record from Giant. Probably because this is the last one that came out after uh, James Dean's death, right? Yeah, it was. Yes, uh, it made about thirty five million dollars domestically in the box office. And yes, this movie came out after James Dean had died, and it was his final film role. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets nominated for 10 Academy Awards, but it only wins one. So it gets nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Rock Hudson, Best Actor for James Dean, Best Supporting Actress for Mercedes McCambridge, who plays Luz, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Score. But it only wins one for Best Director for George Stevens. And of course, it's ranked number uh, 82 on the original list of American Film Institute and then not ranked on the 10th anniversary update. And time to talk about what makes this movie great. Sure. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. It's yeah. really, really long. I think the 
the really the stuff that it tries to do gone with the wind does a lot better and did like 20 years before mm-hmm. um the stuff that's that it tries to do that i like the most about like racism and gender and that kind of stuff it doesn't do it well enough or or enough mm-hmm. to actually make it this movie great for me yeah um i like elizabeth taylor I like some of the non-over-the-top James Dean stuff when he's not really mopey or mumbling under his breath where you can't understand him. Uh, I liked some of the cinematography and some of the editing, like when uh, Luz is trying to break in the the stallion. Uh, Overall, I thought it was too long, too boring, and too much of a retread of Gone with the Wind, but not quite as good. I feel similarly. Um, I think that, you know, they've got... Awesome. I like all three of the main actors. Yeah. Uh, they're incredible. And, and yeah, it was nice and shot and, you know, yay, Texas. But it just had too little of too many things. I like how you said that. Mm-hmm. But I really wish that it was just more, uh, I don't know, took a stronger stance on fewer things and just had like a little bit more concise of a story. Yeah, and it could focus have been on focused. one or two themes instead of 50. And do it in a way that's not so blase and not so passive and allowing the door you know keeping the door open for racist ideas and for because i mean you know he calls his grandson like a wet back at the end of it yeah and like he doesn't really change that much and he's still glorified and he's oh you're my hero at the end you know like all you have to do is stand up for something you know because you're just being nice and you don't really have to believe in it and don't really have to accept it but you know it's family and it's a part of who we are but like really you can still mm-hmm. you know be really super prejudiced and it's really still the old west and this is texas out here mm-hmm. like this is our texas kind of thing yeah and that part i really yeah didn't care for you mm-hmm. know <laughs> and just to clarify i like a lot of my favorite movies are the ones that go into a lot of different themes and subjects mm-hmm. but at least i think they do them well enough mm-hmm. this one it felt like it was tr- it tried to do a lot and it just wasn't landing on a lot of them yeah i agree or i've or it was like that seems like something that this movie earlier did better mm-hmm. like at this it, in other words it didn't make it this one really feel special no it didn't it, it felt special for the texas aspect and being texas and texans and i don't know i we're biracial i consider myself biracial and it's like really um I don't know, unnerving, uncomfortable to see this history and to know that it's still going on. And and Mm -hmm. I wish that, I don't know, if this movie had, if he had taken a stronger stance, if Rock Hudson's character was like more, to me, that would be more Texan than what I know, Mm. (laughs) you know, to like stand up for what's right and, and really fight stubbornly behind it and stubbornly for it. But well, and he, you th- you think he does when he fights Jet Rink, and mm-hmm. then Dennis Hopper's character brings in the nuance that I think that's probably the most successful. Where he's like, mm-hmm. you weren't doing it because you were standing up for some against a racist. You were doing it because he disgraced your white son. Yeah, like I needed more of that. Yes, earlier on, and also there was flashes of it, but not enough. Exactly, I need more of that earlier on, stronger, and maybe like. Yeah, just a shorter movie, too, because, yeah. my God, three and a half hours is <laughs> yeah. so long. You get the one conversation about race with the politics being men's stuff, and then it just kind of gets dropped for much of the movie after that. But then you get, like, ten slurs also. Like, you can't just have yeah. the one with the ten. It doesn't... Yeah, it was weird. It paints an interestingly bad picture of Texas, but 
Elizabeth Taylor's beautiful, and uh, the other two guys are pretty handsome dudes. <laughs> so that's it for Giant. Yeah, that's it. What do we have next? I need to get something shorter, please. We do have something shorter. <laughs> I think we have something under two hours. Oh, yes. <laughs> we go to 1957, and we talk about 12 Angry Men, starring Henry Fonda. Oh, cool. He's back. He is back. It's not ranked on the original version of the list, but then it gets number 87 on the top 10, or the 10th anniversary list, excuse me. Okay. And I've seen this once before in high school English class, and I remember liking it. Never so, seen it. I'm I'm ready for I something think, short. Yeah, and I also think it's like one of like in the top ten or top twenty of IMDb's highest rated movies. Wow. Like I think this is a really popular movie amongst the IMDb internet. Is it another westerns? No, it's a jur. It's a trial. You know, drama about twelve jury members. Cool. And so it's basically a play. Cool. It's all kind of in there as they're deliberating what to do with this case. All right, we'll, we'll figure that out. So that's next time. Uh. But don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends and family if you're enjoying What Makes It Great, and uh, we love to hear from our listeners. Uh, But for this time, my name is Andy Fernandez. And my name is Michael Fernandez. Thank you guys for joining us on What Makes It Great.